So, in a, in a certain way, I want to continue this discussion that we we began, I think, two weeks ago. It's just looking at and trying to understand that there are different layers of our lives. There's there's the layer of our our certain our modern day what we call psychology. That's our thoughts. That's our feelings. That's our um, really what we didn't spell out is, is like nefesh, ruach, and neshama. Like this, we were talking about the nefesh, then we were talking about like the kind of the inner worlds of of what the what the goyim called the soul, and then there's um, and then there's the neshama. So at some point we'll do merit maybe even a series on trying to understand because I, I didn't really spell it out very well about what the difference is between the the psychology of who we are what it means to be soulful spiritual and what it means to go deeper than that which is really the layer of the neshama which is really what tarimitsis is all about um i don't know that tonight we're gonna we're gonna try to uh, uh everything that i do tonight i'm gonna try to bring it back to deepening this this discussion about understanding the difference between the mind this the spirit or the soul and what we call the neshama. And by, to do that, I want to go through a, a sugya, a little bit of a sugya. We'll do a little bit maramakamis inside and then try to tie it together um, like the derech avoda for, for ourselves uh, to understand something about tshuva because tshuva, most of what we know about tshuva is very one-dimensional. It's what the Rambam says, there's three steps to tshuva. There's charata al havera. There's uh, aziva sachet, or aziva sachet that, that comes first. So I stop doing the avera. Charata, I do charata on, I, I feel badly about it. And kabbalah ala asad, I, I make a kabbalah that I'm not going to do that anymore. And in a very one dimensional way, that um, paradigm of tshuva is, uh, seems to work. It seems to be very clear. You did, you sinned. Generally, sinning means that you did an action. You took an action that was a bad action. And um, you have to rectify what you did. You have to rectify it between you and yourself. You have to rectify it with uh, all of the oilamists. In other words, like everything that we do has some kind of karma. It affects everything that exists in the world. So we have to fix that. We have to fix the brokenness that we have with Hashem. And seemingly, the Rambam's conceptualization of tshuva is that you do these three steps, don't do it again, feel bad for what you did, and uh, accept in yourself that you're not gonna do it anymore. This conceptualization works at a certain stages in our lives. It also works for certain kinds of averas. So when we when we clap al chait on, uh, on Yom Kippur, we go through the video, so we see different, different areas, different averas, different things, like there's a lot there about things that we do with our mouth. This is a lot there we, we have about food, a lot there about like things that are not really even Averas, like running to do an Avera. So it like gives us stuff to think about if you want to know like what areas um, our Chachamim felt were like Averas we have to do Tshuva on. So like you can go through the Acheids and see what kinds of things that you should have in mind to do these three steps on. But Tshuva is much, much larger than that. Tshuva really is much larger than that. The Gemara, the Chazal teaches that Tshuva Tshuva was created before the world was created, which, which in a way, we kind of mentioned this um, back when we talked on Tishabav. It means that Tshuva is something that existed before the world existed, which in a certain way, in, in, in Panemius, what that means is, is that Tshuva has nothing to do with sin, really. Tshuva is not about Averis. It's just that you have to do an Avera in order to do Tshuva. In other words, Tshuva Kadmala means that Tshuva was created before the world, just like we said, Nechama. Nechama is a very big, is a very big feeling of love for Hashem. When Hashem sends us Nechama, when Hashem makes us feel better about something, that's, that's a beautiful sense of love. It means that Hashem doesn't just care about the mundane things that you need or doesn't care about your well-being. He cares more than that. He cares when you're in pain. So when, I, when somebody's menachim someone else, that's a, that's a significant sign of love. It's like you really showed up at a, at a time of need. Nechama, like we said, is a darga 
of love from Hashem that's higher than just regular love. It's a, it's a, it's a more beautiful, it's a, it comes from a higher place. It's just that you need to have korban in order to get to Nechama. But when Mashiach comes, you're not going to need to have korban in order to get Nechama. Rufua, that's what we talked about. Rufua, healing, is a higher darga than health. It's just that when, when our conceptualization of Rufua is that you get sick. When you get sick, then you get antibodies, and antibodies allows your body to go stronger, so you have Rufua. But Rufua is really a higher darga of living than health. And so that's why we daven for Rufua. Tshuva is also a higher darga of being. It's a higher darga of being than just to be Sharma Taramitzvahs. Tshuva is like Rufua and Nechama, is a, is a higher darga of being. It's just that in our conceptualization, the only way we understand Tshuva is when you mess up, then you come closer. If Adam Arishan would not have sinned in, the, in, the, in, in Gan Eden, would there still be Tshuva? The answer is, of course, Tshuva was created before the world was created. So we understand that Tshuva means living in a way that's on a higher darga than just living. So it's a certain state of being. Tshuva is a certain way of being. It's a way of living my life. And so I want to learn a few pieces um, together. They're really all part of the same. I think they're, they're part of the same, the same strain. They just come from different, different places. We'll kind of put it together into one. There's just some nice nuances. Um, but really, when you learn, learn through Rav Kook's Arisa Tshuva, um, the Balatanya has Lakute, Lakute Tshuva. I mean, Nachman talks about Tshuva all over the place. And if you, if you start to learn some of this farm, you get, you get a, a much larger flavor about tshuva is not simply you sinned, you messed up, you have to apologize and you move on. It's, it's really about a much larger way of being. So we're going to start with Zayar, Zayar Kaddish. Um, most of Zayar, not, I didn't say most, not that I know, not that I, I know that, but not that I know most of Zayar, but, but that a lot of Zayar is really, is really just Madrasham. So if you, a person would learn Medrash Rabbah, you really could learn Medrash Zayar. So to speak. So we're not going to. There's not. We're not going to learn anything um, kabbalistic here, but just a, a sentence or two from from the Zayar Hakadosh. It's in Raya Mehemna Parshas Nasai Daf Kuf Kav Gimel and this is what this is what the what the Zayar Hakadosh says. Um, Isparnash, there are people lebaser diyesov after they they tshuva mechatov from their sins after they they do tshuva from their sins. And they have they they have a they have a kapara. They they now go in the way of doing mitzvahs. They do tshuva after they have a kapara from doing tshuva. They go uh, in the way of doing mitzvahs. And they spend all of their time. They spend all of their time serving Hakadosh Baruch Hu. They're busy the whole time with doing actions of what their Rabbanisham wants for them. In other words, they did an Avera, and doing the Avera makes them further away from Hashem, makes them feel like they don't really believe in Hashem, they're not, they're not uh, paying attention to Hashem, and um, their actions are not in line with the Tiramitzas. And so when they do tshuva, so they come back, they come back to living a life that is, is designed the way Hashem designed it to be. They keep Shabbos, they keep kosher, they keep all the different halachas, they keep, they fast when they're supposed to fast, and they eat when they're supposed to eat, and they do, they tie their shoelaces the right way. They're very much involved in doing the actions that Hashem uh, requires of us to do. Okay? There are people that do tshuva, and that's, that is... They, they are misasik with all of their kayach. That means in, in, in fear, and with love, the kuchbrihu of Hashem. These people are zaycha to what's called a tshuva tata. It's the lower realms of tshuva. They're, they're zaycha to a tshuva that exists on this planet. They're zaycha to a lower level of tshuva. Now, you scratch your head and say, well, that sounds like tshuva, right? So let's see what desire goes further. We're going to skip uh, uh, just a few words here. That's the Kabbalistic stuff. The Isbarnash, 
there are people, after they do they 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 have charata, from that which they've they've sinned, viabe and they do chuva, viasasek ba'iraisa, and they get they they become completely uh um know how, how to translate the word misasik. They become completely compelled by the Torah and become completely engrossed in the Torah. And everything they do is not for the sake of being Makabal Pras. That, he doesn't say the words, but that is what, what is called Tshuva Ila'a. That's Tshuva Elyayna. That's, that's a higher level of Tshuva. What's the distinction here? The distinction seems to be clearly in the Zayar Kaddish that there are people who do tshuva, that's a tshuva tata, that means that after they've done tshuva, they've hooked themselves up to Kaddish Baruch Hu, and they do what God wants, and they're living lives of completing their, all of their responsibilities to Hashem that Hashem has created for us. And they live their lives uh, living connected to Hashem, but seemingly if you just understand what the Zara doesn't say when he talks about Tshuva Tata, they do it Amanas the Kabbal Pras. In other words, they understand that there's a transaction between us and Hashem. I do, and he gives the consequences. I try, he finishes the job. It's, it's very transactional. It's all about giving and getting. So if you give, if you put in the bad input, you're going to get a virus in, in, in response. You put in the good input, you're going to get a good uh, a good cake will come out of the oven. It's all about amanasta kava process. It's very transactional. That's tshuva tata. That's a, it's a beautiful tshuva because at the very least, what the person means is that they've committed their lives to faith. They've committed their lives to seeing that there's a higher way of living in life. So that's a beautiful thing. But that's still called tshuva tata. Tshuva ilah in the Zara Kaddish is... A tshuva where a person is, it's not about their actions per se, it's misasik ba'iraisa, they get completely uh, submerged in the Torah, and they're engaged, shalayam anas pras. It's not about transaction. It's not about giving and receiving. It's not about getting anything out of the relationship between us and Hashem. It's about putting myself completely into the Torah of submerging myself. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, becoming completely submerged in the Torah. And in that way, my relationship with Hashem permeates everything. It permeates my way of thinking. It permeates my way of being. It permeates my psychology. It permeates my way of interacting. It changes my attitudes. It changes my personality. I become completely enveloped in a godly and divine and transcendent way of being. Also, just from the words of the Zara Kaddish, it's not so much about action, not to say that action doesn't, isn't relatable here. It's, it's that the, the, the Nakuda, the emphasis is on to be submerged in the Torah, not in a way of being Pras. I'm not looking to gain anything from this. I'm not, I'm not, transactional between, between me and Hashem. I'm not saying to Hashem, I gave you this, therefore I expect this. I did this segula, therefore it's going to trigger you to do this. I did this, therefore that. One of the things I was talking to someone the other day, just I mentioned the word segula and it tripped this thing. Oh, segula, this, this is what we came out with. Segulas are spiritual hishtadlas. That's all they are, right? We think segulas are this heebie-jeebie things that if you do it, you somehow, you automatically trick something in Shemayim. Segulas work the same way as Ishtadlis does. So if you, have to, if you have to make money, so you have to go to work, right? You want to make, you want, another way of making money is you can do a spiritual Ishtadlis. You can do a skula. Okay, that's another, that's another effort you put in. But the same amuna you have, that your Ishtadlis on planet Earth doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get it from Hashem. It's the same amuna you have to have in all the Segulas, right? So you say Shirashim for 40 days and 40 nights, it's the same darg. It's just, it's ishtadlas. It's like going on a date. It's like the same, it's the same level of, his, of ishtadlas. That's, that's what we have to, uh, maybe a way of understanding segulas. That's transactional. That's all about transaction. It's about me doing in order to receive. It's me giving in order, in order to get back. Why do bad things happen to good people? That's transactional, right? That's in the realm of transactional. That's not truly ilah. 
That's Shuvatata. Shuvatata means that I re-enter into the realm of existing in Hashem's world. I recognize that there's a God. I recognize that Hashem is running things. And I'm living my life in a way where I'm trying to, I'm trying to communicate with Hashem. I'm trying to make my life about doing what Hashem wants. But in the back of my mind, with the understanding that I'm going to receive something in return. Tshuva ilah is about connecting to God. The Balatani explains this Zayar Kadesh in Igeras in, Tshuva. In, uh, in he explains the Zayar Kadesh to mean that there's Tshuva in action and then there's Tshuva in relationship with Hashem. Tshuva in action means I do Tshuva from the specific areas that I did. And I look to, I seek to change who I, who I am and how I am in order to be more aligned with Hashem. And then tshuva ilah means my relationship with Hashem. In what way am I, am I able to relate to Hashem differently? So that's relational. It's not just, uh, it's not just about my action, but again, it's, it's about being permeated with through and through with um, with relating to Hashem, my 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 wife always quotes her seminary teacher, who said that um, wanted to know whether or not Judaism punctuates your life or permeates your life, right? So tshuva ilah means to to have a life that is permeated with godliness, permeated with transcendence, permeated with seeking a relationship with Hashem. That's that relationships are way beyond transactional. I give, I give to get and, and negotiate. These are all like transactional words. Um, compromise, it's like transactional. To be in a, in a loving bond with someone or with Hashem, really, what we're talking about, is tshuva ilah. Tshuva ilah is to learn the secret of bonding, of connection. It's a very different way of living life because usually when we're transactional, um, we, we tend to get very structured. We tend to get very binary. We tend to get very um, assertive. The word fear comes up a lot, F-A-I-R. That, that word comes up a lot. Expectation comes up a lot. Um, um, and violence. It could be very violent, the world of transactional. Like, I gave and I didn't get. Well, how come I didn't give? So then there's, then we get we get aggressive and assertive. To live like a hippie, like a, a hippie-ish way of understanding, like a lover, to live like a lover means to live in, in relationship. And to live in relationship with the world is a way of being that sees me as being in relation to. I'm in relation to you. I'm in relation to my job. I'm in relation to the things that I like. I'm in relation to the things that I get. I'm in, to be in relation is much, much more colorful. It's much, much more dimensional. It's to say that not, no, things are not binary. It's not either this or that. It's and this and that and that and that and that and life becomes more expansive and more about finding different ways of connecting. In our relationship with Hashem, tshuva ilah means the ability to connect with Hashem. So to say it, uh, to go back to some of what we were talking about last time, the Bali Musr seemed seem to be very much engaged with what we would call tshuva tata. That's the ability to perfect the nuances of my life in order to have the right attitudes and the correct frame of mind and the correct way of, of personal character traits. Um, we can have honey cake. It's, it's right before Rosh Hashanah. Um, yeah, enjoy. Um, so to, to have tshuva, to have tshuva tata is very much about perfecting specific things about yourself in order to actualize and live a certain way. The Chachmei Svard and the Bali Chassidus were much more engaged with, the, with Tshuva Ilah. That's the relationship, the relationship I have with Hashem. One is more Eved L'Rabba, one is more Ben La'av. to be a child to Hashem. Children, the, your, 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 our relationship to our parents is not marked by the fact that we do what they ask us to do. Our relationship is marked by the keyword of relationship. We're in relation to them. An employee is not in relationship with their employer. They're tasked with doing things and they have to do them. So 
one way of understanding like the, the difference between the Bali Musa and the Bali Hasidus is that the Bali Musa were very much in, involved with Eved the Rabbo and the, the Bali Hasidus and the and the and, and more the, the world of Nusach, uh, the world of uh, uh, Svard, the Anshe Svard, are very much involved with the relationships that we have with Hashem. I want to move, continue moving with uh, with some of these marmakomos, and then and then maybe talk talk this out a little bit more. This we're going to move now to Lakuta Maran. It's um, and every every good Jew should learn before before uh, Rosh Hashanah and during the month of El Lakuta Maran Teravov in, in the first part of Lakuta Maran. In there is all all kinds of yisaidus about tshuva. And um, so we're going to learn something that's fairly popular, but um, but nevertheless, we'll go through this uh, a few a few sentences here on the Kutimaran. The Kutimaran uh, Vav, and it's Ice Gimel. It's the it's the third chapter in in this tire in the Kutimaran. So so Rinachman's talking about different Indianim and Shuva. And um, and he says here, A person has to constantly be involved in the Midas HaTshuva. Like we said before, Tshuva is not just that you did an Avera, and therefore you have to come back from the Avera. Tshuva is a state of being. A person has to constantly be in a state of being, of Tshuva. Who can say, I was Zaycha in my heart that I purified myself from my sin? Who, who could say that? Who has the capacity to say that? That's the Pasuk and Mishlei. When a person says, that's part of Tachnon, it's also part of, of Slichus, and it's part of Vidoy. When a person says in front of Hashem, Oi, I sinned, I sinned, I sinned. It's not possible for a person to say, Hashem, I have so much charat over the Avera that I did, that I'm so pure in my heart, that I'm so filled with charata that there's nothing about that Avera that I ever want to have in my life again. Nobody's pure like that. Nobody can get to that place within themselves that's so pure. In other words, you can heal as much as you can heal. You can scrub yourself as clean as you can scrub yourself. But at the end of the day, there are still going to be leftovers of the Avera that you did, slash somewhere in our hearts, we're not perfect. There's no such thing as a completely pure heart. Everyone has things that go on within themselves that pull them in different directions. We're going to skip a few lines. Nimza. It comes out, therefore, that when I do tshuva on my anavera, I have to do tshuva again on the tshuva that I that I initially did, Hainu al because I said pashati. I said I sinned. I'm so I feel filled with charata. I'm so sad. I'm so brokenhearted. I'm so broken up that I sinned. But but you weren't. You didn't mean that. You weren't completely authentic when you said that. You weren't completely genuine when you said that. When you said that, ki olav nemar of kabduni. That my lips are speaking words that are that are dragging me down. It's not a hundred percent true. I'm not fully. I don't full fully feel charata over this. So it comes out. Rabbi Nachman says that you have to do tshuva on the initial tshuva that you did. That has to do with some of the things he was saying right before. <clears throat> Through tshuva, a person is zayichel to cover Hashem. Through tshuva, a person a person experiences the, the 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 majesty of Hashem. If you ever meet someone that has real presence, if you ever meet someone that's really connected to Hashem, you can you experience that. You feel the vibe. There's a certain charm, a certain calmness. That person's living in tshuva. Even if a person knows for themselves, let's say a person knows I've completely done tshuva. Afalpichain, a person has to do tshuva on their first tshuva. Initially, when a person did tshuva, the person did tshuva based on the way they understood themselves, the way they understood Hashem, the way they understood the Avera. 
when we do tshuva, we do tshuva in a context, in a bubble. If I do tshuva at the age of 23, then my tshuva is what, what, who I was when I was 23. And afterwards, now that you actually did tshuva, now that I'm 23 and one day, and I did tshuva, now I experience a, a, a larger sense of Hashem. Now I experience a larger sense of myself. Now I've tuned into a beauty that's greater than I, than I was before I did the tshuva. So now the person who I am, after I've done tshuva, it must be that when I initially did tshuva, who I was at that point was much, much more gashness than who I am now after I did the tshuva. Because tshuva opens me up. It makes me larger. It makes me see the world bigger. Tshuva is not about making me feel smaller. It's the exact opposite. It's about opening my mind, about opening my heart, about opening my understanding of Hashem, opening my understanding of people, opening my ability and capacity to be in relationship with people, to love greater, to be greater, to become greater. So if I've done tshuva at the age of 23, on my 23rd birthday, for whatever I've done, everything before that in my life, and now I've finished doing tshuva on that Avera, on all those Averas and all those things. Now I'm a bigger person. And now I look back on those things that I've done and I say, wow, now I, now I really see. I see something bigger. Now there's something bigger. So now Rabbi Nachman says, now you can go back to the Averas that you did prior to then and say, oh, I got to do more tshuva on that. It doesn't mean this in an OCD way. It means the exact opposite. It's, it's through the expansiveness, I recognize not, not just what I, what I ruined, but I recognized how much what I did was at the, ant, the antithesis of who I really am. The greater I become, the greater I touch godless, the more I touch the capacity to be bigger, the more I have harata on the things that I have done in my past. So Renachman says it comes out, you have to do tshuva on the tshuva you've done. You thought the tshuva you did when you were 23 was a really good tshuva, but then you realize when you're 23 in a day or when you're 24, nah, come on, guys, that was a joke. I was, I was a pisher then. I really wasn't, there was nothing, there was really nothing about me that was happening that was that great. You have to do tshuva on there. You thought that Hashem was this big, really? Your hafsaga, your experience of Hashem, your knowledge of Hashem in that moment when you did tshuva at the age of 23 was so small that you, you, you belittled Hashem. You thought Hashem was so great. You said, oh, Hashem, I'm going to come close to you. And wow, Hashem is so great. And I, I really want to be close to you. I love you. I just want to spend my whole life in communion with you, in connection with you, transcendent. That was nothing. I didn't know what Hashem was when I was 23. Now, I'm, now that I did tshuva and I see how big Hashem is, I have to do tshuva more because I, I realized that I made Hashem to be much smaller than he really is. Because after I do tshuva, I'm bigger. I'm bigger. I'm greater. I'm more transcendent. I've grown. And my capacity to see the world has grown. And my capacity to understand things has grown. And I've matured. And I've, and I've gone from one darga in my life to another darga in my life. This is a darga of, of Olam Haba, of Shabbos. Hi, I wish we can, we can continue going on with this whole, with this whole Torah. It's, it's maybe, maybe sounds a little paradoxical what Rabbi Nachman saying here, but, but we're already starting to see hints here of the dargas of Tshuva. There's a Tshuva Tata and there's a Tshuva Ilah. There's a Tshuva of the, the basic transactional understanding that we have to do, that we have to do, where a person is connecting the actions that we do to the destruction that we, we, we wreck by doing certain things. We have to do that darga of tshuva. That's the Rambam's, it's the Rambam's uh, uh, three halakam of tshuva. That's tshuva tata. That's about fixing that which we broke, action-based, as the, as the, as the Balatani explains. And then there's a tshuva ilah that's about developing a, a, um, a godly perspective or a god, a god consciousness uh, to be, to, to be uh, current with the lingo.
to experience Hashem in this world. And here Rabbi Nachman is talking about something that seems somewhat similar insofar as at one stage in my life, I'm doing a lot of tshuva tata. Hopefully, I mature and grow into the stages in my life where I'm doing a lot of tshuva ilah. And the more I'm doing tshuva ilah, the more I recognize, the more I recognize that my hasagas of Hashem at one point were really, really small. They were tiny. I have to grow. My hasagas on the, on the level of, of, of modern psychology, my hasagas on, on that level of modern psychology is really very transactional. It's very much about you did or you didn't do, you accomplished or you didn't accomplish, you were successful, you weren't successful, you did the right thing, you did the wrong thing. I wrote this a few, a few weeks ago and, and I got some feedback, uh, but I, I still believe this to be true. In the neshama, there's no such thing as right and wrong. The neshama has one, has one frequency. It's the frequency of beauty. And beauty is to be appreciated. It's to be honored. It's to be, it's to be beautified. It's to be expressed. The neshama doesn't exist in the level, the dargas of right and wrong. Right and wrong is very much uh, the conceptions of the world of tshuva tata. In the world of the evad rabbi, right and wrong. A mitzvah means you did something right, and a very means you did something wrong. In the world of the neshama, the neshama doesn't make these distinctions between right and wrong. The neshama doesn't have a, 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 a thermometer that says, this is right, this is wrong. The neshama has one thing. The neshama sees beauty. Everything's beauty in the neshama. Something that's not beautiful is disgusting, so the neshama doesn't go near it. So when we go to do an avera, we do something that's, that's a perversion of, of beauty, the neshama just goes into hiding. So it just, it, that's the way the, this farm explained it. The neshama just goes away. So that's very painful. That's very painful. And what happens when our neshama goes away is, is that Hashem, Hashem kind of becomes distant. So what we're, what we're looking at in understanding mitzvahs and averas, when we're talking about the, the dargas of, of the neshama, or you're talking about at least, you know, again, Evid Rabbi means you did something right, you did something wrong. Ben La'av is, in, the, in our relationship, it's like distance or closeness to Hashem. In the world of the neshama, it's simply either beautiful or not beautiful. That's it. It's, it's either beautiful or not beautiful. Either the neshama is present in my life or the neshama goes into hiding. That's, that's, that's the dargah of the neshama. Tshuva happens on all of these levels. Tshuva happens on the level of Evid Larabe, that's Tshuva Tata, the Zarekha that's talking about, with the Baltani talking about. It's the first dargah of Tshuva of Rabbi Nachman, what Rabbi Nachman's talking about. And then there's Tshuva Ilah, that's the ability to connect to not just to connect to Hashem relationally, but to be completely submerged. It's the language of the Zarah Kaddish, of the Asku Biaraisa, to be completely uh, uh, submerged in, in Torah. Not Torah on the Darga of right and wrong, but Torah is as, as being the, the, the complete expression of Hashem in this world, really the world itself. It's to be completely submerged in, in godliness. We're going to do one last one last maramakam and then um, and then in a way try to try to um, make this uh, more Rosh Hashanah dick for a few minutes. The last the last uh, piece that I want to learn from is is uh, from Arisa Chuva from uh, from Rav Kook. This is in Parakhtes or Zion. Rav Kook says, "Yesh chesron b'tchunasa shel hatshuva nemucha." There is something wrong. There's something missing in what he calls a tshuva nemucha. What, what's a tshuva nemucha? Tshuva nemucha means a very deep tshuva. And this goes out to everyone that has the capacity to get really dark and deep within themselves, to go to very, very dark places within, within ourselves. The people that, that can really go to the bottom of their unconsciousness and go to the bottom of all that, all that is hurt and all that is painful, and in a way become comfortable being there, but also in a way trying to redeem and pull out everything from, from that which is wrong. And, and, and I, that's what I, what I want to really the point of tonight was uh, that I wanted to talk about. 
But let's 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 learn this piece together. There is something missing in the form, in the construct of doing a tshuva namucha, of doing a deep tshuva. Person wants to wants to go to. Um, I, I think about this all the time when I was in Eretz Yisrael. It was one of the worst things I ever saw. A person had taken all 613 mitzvahs and had created like a little flow chart for every page, like how well were you Mekayim that mitzvah this year? How well were you not being Mekayim this mitzvah this year? Um, all like, did you have the right kavanas? And basically it's like, it's basically like a, 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 sum, a summation of how much you're gonna burn in hell for all the bad things that you did. And then that way you know how to do tshuva. So it's 613 mitzvahs, uh, seven major mitzvahs there are banan, and like, you know, just mark yourself up. Tshuva Namucha, I think in the in the words of Rav Kook mean that you, you have the capacity to go into the deepest parts of your unconscious, very, very deep. You can go to the bottom of the pit of your modern, of, of whatever modern psychology can offer. You could spend seven or 10 or 25 years on the couch and go into the deepest parts of your own unconsciousness. What is that? What is the chesron? What is missing from that form of doing tshuva? It weakens the rutzon of a person. It weakens the motivation, the desire, the cheshek to live. And it, 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 uh, it's pogame. What's, how do we translate the word pogame? Pogame? It, it, uh, it, it contaminates. It contaminates our sense of self. It's a good thing to do, for sure, but there's something missing from it, Rav Cook says. There's something missing from going that deep into ourselves, and that is it, 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 it contaminates us, it damages us, it hurts us, it weakens us. This thing that's missing from this kind of tshuva is only fulfilled, is only filled in. Only when a person can do a full tshuva. That's only when the person can bind the tshuva hanemucha, that deep work of getting to really know yourself to the deepest depths of all that, all that is about you. That tshuva, which Rav Cook says has something missing to it, that tshuva only works. It's only it's only complete when a person can take that tshuva. When a person can bind that tshuva with a tshuva yaino with a higher level of tshuva. She The ikr kavana of a tshuva yaino is not to create a lessening of my motivation. It's not to degrade me. It's not to decrease me and to break down my personality. It's to, it's to strengthen my will. And to raise up the value of, of the way that I matter to myself. In other words, tshuva halyayna, here, Rav Kook is using the lashayness of tshuva namucha and tshuva halyayna. Tshuva namucha means to go deep, Tshuva means to go up. To go deep is great. The problem of going deep is, is that you, you, you start to unpack and untie all your different personality traits, and that's not complete until you can also learn how to go upwards. And that means you, you learn how to repackage everything and build yourself back up from the deepest steps all the way back to being who you really are. Tshuva can only be complete if it is if it's enhancing my ratzon, if it's enhancing my value within my own eyes. And through that, that's how when the Gemara in Yuma tells us that when a person does tshuva ma'ava, when a person does tshuva from love, that the the zedonis, the, the 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 intentional various that I did get turned around to be zechuyos itself. In other words. What's the, the riddle to that Gemara is, is how is it possible to do an Avera that becomes a mitzvah? The Avera becomes a mitzvah when I have the capacity to, to rebuild myself, rebrand myself, to regrow myself, to enhance my Ratzon. The problem with the Yetzirah is that the Yetzirah 
takes the most beautiful thing about us and pushes us in the wrong direction. So this, this is the way the imagery that I have. It's like taking makeup and painting it on a tree. That's what that, that's, that is what the Yetzirah does. The Yetzirah takes the most expensive jewelry and the most expensive makeup and the most expensive clothing and dresses a tree up with it and says, look, don't, don't you value all the material wealth? Don't you value all the beauty? It's beautiful things. I got, I got lipstick, I got blush, I got whatever. I grew up with sisters. <laughs> so it's like it takes all the different beauty products and all the different jewelry and all the different things and dresses up an inanimate object. What's the nimshal to that? The nimshal to that is, is that the Yetzirah takes that which is most beautiful about me. It takes my ratzon. It takes my, my desire for life. It takes my ability to appreciate something beautiful. It takes my ability to want, to desire. It takes that and perverts it. It takes it and instead of applying it to things that are actually beautiful, it applies it to things that are fake. The problem with materialism is not materialism. The problem with materialism is that we dress trees up in it. That's the problem. We don't know how to use it. We get totally, totally wrapped up in impulse instead of learning how to work with the impulse so that it, it aids in our desire to live life. That's the problem with the Sahara. If I do tshuva, and the word to now to go back to what Rav Kook's saying, if I do tshuva in a way of just breaking my Sahara. If I do a tshuva namucha, I cleanse myself to the deepest steps and I, and I, do, and I cross every T and dot every I. And, I, and I'm laying on the floor, Erev Rosh Hashanah, completely prone down, laying on the floor and saying to Hashem, I am nothing. I have deconstructed everything about me to be nothing. I am now taka, nothing. Rav Cook says, you haven't, you haven't fully cooked tshuva. He uses that word, it's a bishula. It's, it's not cooked. It's, it's not, it's, you, you haven't, that's, that's, that's one step of tshuva. That's good. Maybe that's good. If you want to, you want to unpack yourself and understand everything about yourself, that's good. Fine. That doesn't work. You have to do a tshuva that he calls as a tshuva el yayna. If my ratzon to live is enhanced by doing tshuva, then I'm doing tshuva el yayna. If my rutzon to do tshuva, if my rutzon to live my life is, is increasing shame, you're not even do, doing tshuva tata. If my rutzon is, if I feel like I'm just becoming more complicated as a person, that's called tshuva tata. So shame is not tshuva, that's all Sahara. Picking myself apart and then feeling like I'm less important or I matter less that's guilt. If we could do that in a healthy way, that's tshuva tata, that's tshuva namucha, and tshuva el yayna, tshuva ilah, the highest level of tshuva is the ability to expand myself, is to grow myself, is to be bigger than myself, is to taste the godless of who I am. There's a, there are many stories of tzaddikim. I've shared this story before. There's a story of the Rapshitzarov. The Rapshitzarov was a was a very big, was a very big tzaddik, and he was also very he had a, a, a great personality. And the Rapshitzarov, I heard this from 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 Rabbi Rabbi Weinberger. No, I don't know if I, I'm sorry, I don't remember where I heard this. But this the story of the Rapshitzarov um, went. He also had a wicked sense of humor. The Rapshitzarov said at the end of his life, he said, "I don't know what's going to happen to me." When I die, I'm going to come up to Gan Eden and they're going to say, oh, the Rav Shetzirov is here, a big Rebbe is here. And they're going to start to bring me around to all the Hechalas and Shemayim. They're first going to bring me to my father's, where my father is sitting. And they're going to say, oh, it's nice to see you. It's nice to see you, but you're not Zaychet to be here. You weren't, you weren't such a big tzaddik. And then they're going to take me to the Magid of Mizrich and they're going to take me to the Baal Shem Tov, and they're going to take me to the Arizal and they're take me to Shem Bar Yochai. They're going to take me to all the Hechalas and Shemayim and everyone's going to be Mechavid me and Shemayim. And they're going to say, okay, but Rapshut, you, you weren't such a big tzaddik, so you, you, you don't really belong here. So after they finish dragging me through all of Gan Eden, they're going to bring me down, the Malachim are going to bring me down to Gehenim. And they're going to see me in Gehenim. 
and uh, they're going to knock on the door, and the, the Malachim and Gehenim in hell are going to say, well, the Rav should he's a big Rav. We can't put, it, can't put him at the Gehenim. We put it, you can't, it's, it's a big Rav. And so it's going to bounce back and forth. The Malachim, you know, they're going to be sending a lot of text messages back and forth, up and down. Where should we put the Rav Shitzarov? So finally, they, he said, they're, they're, going to, they're going to make a decision that the Rav Shitzarov needs to go through Gehenim. There's no question the Rav Shitzarov needs, needs to go through Gehenim. But but it's it's pasnish for a big rav to be in Gehenim with big Rishayim. That's that's not that's not right. It's not right. He, he was a big rav. The Rishayim was a big rav. To put him into into Gehenim with people that were not such were like really really mushchasim and and really broken Rishayim. That's not that's not right. So he said, so they're going to take all of the neshamas out of Gehenim. They're going to make Gehenim just going to be for me. I'm going to go to Gehenim, and all the neshamas that they were in Gehenim, they're going to put into Shemayim, because they're not going to have anywhere to put them. They'll put all the Rishayim into, into, into Ganeiden, and then they'll make a little, a little Ganeiden for, a little Gehenim for me. So the Rishayim will go to Ganeiden, I'll do whatever I need to do, they'll, they'll cleanse me whatever I have to do, and I want to finish, I'll go, I'll, they'll, you know, they'll put me wherever my place is in Ganeiden. That's what the Rav Shitzarov's story is. There are many, many different stories from different Siddiquim that talked about this Indian of cleaning out hell. And that's really what I wanted to talk about tonight. I wanted to, uh, well, everything now was a hakdama, really for this, for this particular sentence in Rav Kook about tshuva namucha. And since we're getting closer to the end of, 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 of this discussion, I wanted to ask the question of, can I really clean out hell? That's really the question. Is it possible for me to really clean out hell? Both in this Rav Shitsarov story, with which the answer to the Rav Shitsarov was, yes, I could clean out hell, but I have to go through hell to clean out hell, right? That's really the, the, the panemius of that story. Can I clean out hell? There's a medrash that says, Im yesh din lamata, ain din lamala. Vim ain din lamata, yesh din lamala. And the Medrash is very clear. What the Medrash is talking about is if a person is don themselves on this world, in this world, then up in Shemaim, they don't don them. They don't, they don't have a din in Shemaim. And if, but if they don't take care of their, their dinim down here, then up in Shemaim, they're going to they're gonna, they're, they're gonna take care of it. In Judaism, we don't believe in the conceptions of hell that the Christians do. Hell is not damnation. Hell is a cleansing process. That's all it is. It's a cleansing process. They strip us naked of our bodies. We're left with the most vulnerable parts of ourselves. It's our neshamas. And they clean it. They clean everything. Now, that's very, very painful. We, I, I speak for myself and, and what I do as a therapist, because I'm involved on a daily basis with doing tshuva namucha or doing uh, people coming in to wanting to do a deep cleanse for, with themselves. People want to, to go into the depths of themselves and or, or people that are struggling with things that need to go into the depths of themselves and, and try to clean and try to clean out the, the broken, fractured, uh, decaying pieces, the stuff within ourselves that, that smell bad that are mildewy. And certainly that's, there's, a, there's a tremendous avoida to that. There's a tremendous avoida to tshuva tata, of refining our personalities, of refining who we are. The, you know, we're coming up to Rosh Hashanah, we spend so much time doing tshuva, not for our, for our sake, but we do tshuva for the Rabbani Shalom because it's the Rabbani Shalom's day of coronation, right? But Hashem, we're Mamlech HaKadosh Baruch the King. So what are the jewels that are on the king's crown? That's Kal Yisrael. So every one of us cleans ourselves before Rosh Hashanah in order to enhance the king's crown. In the field of mental health, people come in on an hourly basis. It's, it's El a whole year round. It's first Tishabov, right? First they come in in pain. Then they realize that, okay, you have to dig a little bit. And when you dig a little bit, Often, not all, not all the time, certainly not for grief work, but generally speaking, trauma work, 
you start to, you realize you're in pain, but then you start to work. You work a little harder. You get to know yourself a little bit. You start to scrub away at the surface and you get to know a little bit more about yourself. You develop a little insight. You expand your understanding of yourself. You expand your understanding of this world. Hopefully, 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 at some point in the process of doing a tshuva namucha, you taste a little bit of greatness. You taste a little bit of the possibility that your life could be a lot larger than you think it is. And that's really, really what El is about. El is about tasting the beauty. It's beautiful. You, 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 for a moment, you can taste the beauty of it. But then what happens right after you taste what you could be? Hell. Then hell starts. Hell means the work of self-actualization. That's hell. The definition of hell is the work of self-actualization. Because now you have to contend with yourself. If I'm nothing and sitting and eating, sitting and eating bonbons and watching movies, movies all day, I'm content with, then that's great. So it's very fine. So I could, I, could be, I could be a human being and I could sit on the couch and act like an animal and that's fine. I have the mentality of an animal. I have the, the, uh, the personality of an animal and um, I have the life of an animal. No problem, great. But if I've tasted within myself, not because someone told me that I'm great, but if I've tasted within myself the possibility of greatness, then suddenly I see that my life can be a lot larger than what it is. And then life becomes difficult because then it's not okay to sit around and eat bonbons and watch movies all day. Then it's not okay to just do a tshuva namucha of getting to the bottom of all the pain. Yes, sure, there's, there's difficulties and there's challenges and there's neuroses, there's all kinds of difficulties. But if you've tasted a little bit of, of what that greatness of who we are is, then you have to work. Then there's a lot of work. And every moment that you're working to try to get to be a little bit better, to grow a little bit, it's not enough. And every moment you're feeling to yourself like it's not enough. I have to do tshuva on my tshuva rishayna. It's like it's not enough. I could do better. I could grow. I could, I, 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 I could conquer the world. I could. Every human being can conquer the world. The world is my impulses. The world is myself, right? I'm my own worst enemy. Understanding tshuva is a very, very delicate thing because tshuva can be really, really painful. It's painful. It's one thing to do to have harata. It's another thing to know that my life could be so much bigger than what it is and to know it internally, not because someone told me, but because I've tasted it. I see my life could be so much better than it is in this moment. That's din. That is what din is. Din is not simply Hashem sitting with a ruler and saying, oh my gosh, you know, you did this, you did that, you did this, you did that. The pachat of din is the internal experience of, you know, my life, my life really could be, I, re I see it, I see the vision in front of me, I could wake up at this time, and I could do this, and I could take care of this, and I could get this thing in here, conceptually on paper, it looks like it, I, I could be a malach, and you know what, you really can, it's just that you got to do the work, and doing the work is very, very, very painful, and it's very difficult, and it's very hard, and so the moment that Rosh Hashanah hits and the Sarasim Tshuva hit and Yom Kippur hit, it's, it becomes very, very scary. It becomes very painful. If a person is willing to put themselves through the hell of self-actualization on this planet, then up in Shemayim, they, put their, they cross their fingers behind their head, they grab a bunch of snapples or coffees or, or, or bourbon, and they sit down and they watch. And they say, what do you need? What do you need for self-actualization? You need this, we'll give you a little bit of that. Oh, you, you think you should actualize that? No, don't actualize this, actualize this. And when a person's engaged in doing tshuva, tshuva, to us, so let's, let's go back. Tshuva is self-actualization. That's what tshuva is. Tshuva is becoming the greatest person I can be. To do tshuva on my chata'im is tshuva tata. It's one dog of tshuva, yes. You, you stepped out of the arena. Okay, good. So you stepped out of the arena. That's fine. So come back into the arena. That's the way tshuva that we understand tshuva anachet. That's tshuva tata. Tshuva el yaina 
is, okay, I'm coming back in the arena and I'm making a permanent residence in the arena. Now what? Now I see that I can be so much larger and so much bigger and so much more beautiful and so much more transcendent. And I can accomplish and do and actualize myself in such a larger way than, than I ever could have imagined. Now I have to do the work. And that work is called this Askubiaraisa. That means my whole life is now about becoming who I, who I am. My whole life is about becoming the way Hashem sees me. Hashem doesn't look at me and, and just focus on, I did this bad, I did this good. Hashem sees me with all my intentions. Hashem sees me with all that's possible. Hashem sees me and says, honey, sweetie, dearie, cutie pie, you could be so much more than you are. And I'm giving you little, little lightning bolts of flashes of inspiration that, that will remind you that of yourself. You matter so much more. You can grow that mattering into something that's so much more beautiful than you could possibly imagine. And all I want to do, Hashem says, is help you. That's all I want to do. I want to help you become who you are. I want to be help, help you become the kind of person that you already are. You already have the seeds for. <clears throat> there are many different kavanas for the shayfer. The shayfer uh, is shaped like an ear. I, the outside is very, very large. The inside is, 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 as you go in, it becomes much thinner. It's the air canal. It has to be completely, completely open. Maybe we'll maybe we'll do that next week. We'll talk a little bit about the, the Kayak of Shmiya, the relationship between hearing and what that has to do with Rosh Hashanah, Dafka Rosh Hashanah, of being Mamla Hashem. The whole Indian is to hear, to listen, to learn how to listen to Hashem saying to me, I I want you to know how beautiful you are, and I want you to know how beautiful you, you can you can grow. You can grow more beautifully than anything else on this planet. There's nothing that can become what you can become. And to hear the shayfer blowing into my ear is to listen to Hashem. And it's to sometimes even to stop doing the avoida of tshuva and musr. It's like sometimes you even have to stop working so hard in order to self-actualize. You have to learn to accept. You have to learn to accept the, the, the matzah where you are. You have to learn how to stand still in order to grow. It's not just right. The, the the conception of if you're not if you're not growing, you're falling. That's not true. Part of growth means knowing how to stand, knowing how to accept. The shayfer is all about recalibrating everything in my in myself. It's all about you can be so much greater. Your hasagas can be so much greater. The tshuva el yoyna that we just learned in the Zara Kaddish and 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 in the Balatanya and the Kutamaran and Rav Kook, they're all talking about the same Indian. It's not enough to do tshuva and chet. You have to learn that you, you can clear out hell. You really can. But it's going to be hell to go into it, and hell's not the final destination. That's the story of the Rav Shitzarev. You can clean out hell. You can go into, the, into your kishkas. You can learn everything. And I, if you ask me, I think you should. People should invest their time in learning about themselves and understanding what their neuroses are, understanding what their traumas are, understanding what's painful, understanding what their blind spots. That's a big, big avoid. That's that's really what I'm all about. But but then also to take it the next step, which is growth, which is self-actualization. Shuva Kadmala means that the world was created, and it seems that the world exists in the dimension that it exists in. And Shuva says, no, 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 no. Your natural self is not the way you are. Your life is not, is not the way you are. Your life is much larger than the way you are. Tshuva Kadmala means that you have the capacity to grow into something that's much, 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 much larger than ourselves. We say to that we ask Hashem in Shemana Esri to blow the shayfer for our freedom. So maybe one of the kavanas we can have this year is, is, is that Hashem grant us the ability to listen freely without any impediments. Listen to the beauty of who we are. Listen to the baskal that comes out from Hashem every day that says, grow, grow, grow. Become who you are. Don't be afraid. Don't be caught by the shame of your past. Don't be caught up with your faults. Don't be caught up with all of your insecurities. Don't be caught up with all your brokenness. Those are all little stops, but those are not the final destination. The final destination is pure actualization. You can become so much more than you possibly imagine. That's tshuva, 
That's what it means to be a, a little jewel in the crown of Hashem. That's what it means to be Mamlech Hashem. To be Mamlech Hashem means to replace the jewels in Hashem's crown. We do that every year, once a year. We are the crown. We polish ourselves. <clears throat> and we learn how to treat beauty with the dignity that it deserves for ourselves and the people around us. And Merz Hashem, Hashem should bring us to Mashiach, which, which will be the time that all of us will be self-actualized, whether we want to or not. That's why, that's why hell exists. Hell is the, is the, is the way of self-actualization. That's the way. So the, the more we do down here, the more we, we don't have to uh, go through after we die. We should be zeichet to clean out hell and really turn hell inside out. And uh, we should be zeichet to Mashiach.